That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 244 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for giving the episode a listen. In this episode, the third in my series on why I truly believe American NFL fans would love the AFL, I'm going to be joined in a moment by Reese Knight from the Daz Talks Footy YouTube channel, as well as he is the host of the NFL Down Under podcast, and very knowledgeable young man, great source to talk to about this topic because he has toes dipped in both the NFL and the AFL camps. So I'm really looking forward to bringing our conversation to you. Now, today's club of the episode are the Pines Pythons Football Club. And the club was founded back in 1964. And it's kind of interesting, as I was reading up on the history of the club on their website, uh, it was part of a large grouping of clubs that included uh, cricket and softball and gymnastics and things like that that were designed to help to provide uh, sporting activities for uh, residents of the Pines Forest Housing Estate uh, near Frankston. And when I looked at their website, absolutely wonderful website. Uh, just really, really love the layout of it. And if you want to learn about the history of, of this club, if you happen to be in this area, or if you're just interested in local footy, this is a very unique site because as you scroll through the sections or the chunks, if you will, of their, their history tab, the tab where they're looking at the history of their club, you scroll through and it just keeps loading more and more and dozens and dozens and dozens of photos from that era with the names of the people and the events and that sort of thing attached to them. It's just, it's a really neat layout. I haven't seen anything like that looking at any of the other other clubs. And I ran across a, a story on there uh, reading about a gentleman by the name of Gordon Hendry, who, I'll be honest, I don't know if he still plays with them or not, but uh, the story was on him uh, at the age of 47. And best I can tell, this was about six years ago, maybe seven years ago, where he had just played his 500th game for the Pythons. And he was still lining up as the number one ruck on their club's reserve side. So he was making an impact uh, in the organization, playing with players that were, you know, 30 years younger than he was. Now, the, uh, the under-19s, the reserves, and the seniors have a practice match coming up on the 11th of March against the Eltham Panthers. And based upon their Instagram page, uh, they did not have a location for that yet. So if you are uh, interested in catching a practice match in that area, up around the Frankston area, keep an eye on their website or their Instagram page, or probably their Facebook page, I would imagine, as well, and see uh, where they uh, tell us that that game is going to be, those games will be played. And I love the logo. This It's just a very fierce-looking snake. It's just really striking. Uh, the, the color combination is is very unique as well. You don't see a lot of red and green together. I do want to wish the Pythons the absolute best going forward in 2023. So let's go ahead uh, without any further ado and jump into my chat with Reese Knight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another one of my uh, episodes where we are trying to figure out how can the AFL find their way into the United States and break down the door and sell what I think is the greatest game on the planet to my fellow Yanks. And uh, I am joined by a gentleman here who is very busy in the uh, communication 
industry, if you will. He hosts a podcast, a YouTube channel, uh, dealing with both footy and with the NFL. And I am absolutely thrilled to be welcoming Reese Knight to the podcast. Reese, thanks for coming on this morning, sir. My genuine pleasure. I appreciate you uh, taking some time out to have a chat, mate. So I'm looking forward to it with our time zones. I know it's uh, getting quite late where you are, so I'm looking forward to this in a in a big, big way. And if you don't mind, can I grab that intro off you at the uh, end of the interview? I might need to use that across a couple of my platforms, speaking about me that kindly. I appreciate that. You certainly can. I'll 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 splice that <laughs> off and make a copy of it for you and send it off to you, and we'll. I'll maybe have you reciprocate at the end of this, and then I'll tag it on the front of that, and it'll just uh, you'll we'll just kind of be. Do they play leapfrog in Australia? Do they call it that? It's, uh, yeah, they do. Oh, I, okay, not for, not for a while, but <laughs> well, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it's just you're right. I don't plan on doing that either because you know I'm not I'm not quite ready for a new hip yet, but uh, I'm I'm probably a lot closer to that sort of thing than a lot of people who are listening. <laughs> so, you know, you you host the uh, the NFL podcast NFL Down Under. But then you also host Daz Talks Footy on YouTube. So where did Daz come from? Because you ch- you challenged me to say it ain't where you think. And and I, I'll be honest, I hadn't formulated an idea yet, but uh, mm-hmm. some people might be thinking about it. If you want to pause here for a couple of seconds and think about where Daz, D-A-Z, would have come from. Uh, I, I don't know if he tried to sneak across the, uh, you know, the, the demilitarized zone between South and North Korea. Um, <laughs> And he got part of his M shot off and only only left got left with the A there. I don't know, but maybe that that's probably not it. So go on, did you go ahead and tell us? No, so it was simple as in uh, year 10 or uh, 10th grade, I should say, English. Uh, our English teacher at the time said that as a, a part of Australian culture, everyone needs a nickname. So this was their belief. And this is something that my dad instrumented in me as well. As a part of the culture, a part of bonding, everyone needs a nickname. And I hadn't really had a nickname. The name Reese, especially as it's spelled R-H-Y-S, doesn't really open itself up to a lot of nicknames there based off uh, someone's name. Anyway, uh, a couple of days later, the Facebook account that I'd had, and keep in mind here, I'm 14, so at that point in time, social media is everything uh, to a kid at that time, uh, got hacked at that point and let's just say instead of me posting really badly spelled football takes turned into more let's say of an adult only content that was not suitable for a 14 year old kid so that wasn't me doing that uh-huh. so i then had to change and create a whole new one and instead of just doing my name i also included uh, my middle name which is darren and now people can sort of see where they're going with this and, you know, it's not the most common of middle names. When we get to the nickname part of the English class, my mate at the time, uh, Smithy, there you go, another nickname, and he's going to come up a few times as we keep uh, talking down the line. Asked where Darren came from as a middle name. It's my dad's name. So he then became Daz Senior and me Daz Junior in that point. That lasted about two days. It became Daz. And then from there, it just became everyone that I was talking sport with just became Daz. So when it was the time that the YouTube channel came up, uh, I thought to myself, let's lean into the name and ergo Daz Talks Footy was born. So, you know, shout out to Smithy as I'll probably have to do a few times here, which is no skin off my nose for creating the empire, if you will. (laughs) Good deal. Good deal. So how did you, uh, I mean, I I understand how I, I think I can you know, infer how you became a footy fan simply because of where you happen to be right now. But how did, uh, how did you become an NFL fan? Yeah, well, we get to talk about uh, Smithy again, who got indoctrinated into the NFL via the other 
uh, contributor on NFL Down Under, the great man Teed himself. Uh, again, another nickname. <laughs> Can you spot the theme here? Um, yeah, so Teed introduced Smithy to the NFL. Um, Smithy got into college ball, and then he decided wherever Cam Newton was going to be drafted, he would then barrack for. So it worked out really well for him as a Panthers fan okay. really early. And then since then, it went absolutely nowhere. And then, yeah, he did the, the same thing to me. He was like, mate, I know what you're like as a footy fan. I know that you're a, a nuffy, obsessed with sport. This is something you should really get into. I, I remember watching a game on my own. I can't remember who was playing. Didn't really get into it. And then uh, it was just, all right, I'll watch a little bit more, a little bit more. Fell in love with Dolphins. Again, that's worked out really well for me so far in the five years I've been following the game. And it's just kind of built from there. And um yeah, when we decided to sit down and, and do a podcast, this being um, Smithy and I, it was, you know, my obsession with footy was uh, growing and growing from a kid. I hadn't really latched onto anything sport-wise this much. I'm a fan of the NBA as well, but mm -hmm. much more casually, uh, whereas the NFL became a really quick obsession for me because it became, in my head, whether this makes sense or not is probably up to the listeners. It became almost like human chess. It's just a move, a move, a move. And the back and forth was, I think, insanely addictive through me. And then from there, it was, I was learning about the game on the fly. When, mm -hmm. when, when we recorded our first episode, which looks and sounds terrible, we were sharing a mic. It was in, <laughs> it was, it was in my parents' uh my dad had built a, like a backyard, like rumpus room out the back. It was the most echoey sound. It, it sounds terrible, but I reckon I knew a dozen player names mm -hmm. and probably six positions on the field. And then it's just, the podcast just accelerated my appreciation and love of the game. And um, yeah, here we are. I have more NFL jerseys than I do AFL ones. And I am so looking forward to the Super Bowl, even though uh, even though my fins aren't in it, which is a shame. Well, man, my Browns just missed out this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you mentioned that you watched a game that you didn't take a whole lot of interest in, and I'm thinking it had to be the Browns plan. It was, uh, it had to be. You know, I wish I, I could go back and, and yes. find it, but it just it, it it escapes me. The first game that I remember. Uh, sitting down and getting addicted to, and I, I'm a big believer in this in footy as well, is uh, you need a good game. If the mm -hmm. first time you get introduced to it is a stinker, which is why I think going back to history would be a good thing because you can pick and choose. Uh, but the first game that I remember fully loving was the Dolphins and the Raiders where uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick got hit in the face. Uh, he got face masked and still found mm. ooh, the receiver, who I can't actually think of who it was. Uh, was Jarvis Landry still with them at that yes, time? Yes, yes, I think it was Landry actually. Okay, uh, and and then from there, uh, Jason Sanders kicks the field goal, and I went ballistic. Uh, my, and then from there, I was I was fully hooked. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that previous first game. So was Fitzpatrick, been... by the way. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He and certainly was as well there. there. Yeah, uh, but it, it's. It sounds, you know, in a way, it sounds an awful lot like, you know, how I came about, you know, following footy, because it's only been since about 2016 for me following footy. And mm -hmm. here it is just, you know, seven years later, and I'm in, you know, I've, I'm in my fourth year of doing the podcast. I, did, I didn't jump in as early as you did. So, and which I, I, I applaud you for that. And, and maybe that is, you know, maybe that is your youthful exuberance doing that. And as opposed to, in my case, you know, people looking at me going, wait a minute, you're old. What are you, what are you doing? You don't, don't, don't do that. And now I've gone from recording it, you know, in the, 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 
the desk in the back corner of my family room to where I've, I've converted, I'm in a, I'm in a walk-in closet in an empty bedroom that I've converted into the room that room that I recorded. So I've got, I, I literally, I do all of my schoolwork in here as well. So this is where I, I, I grade my papers and such at this desk now as well. So I've taken old, I've got old clothes and towels and some old shirts on the shelves here is, is sound dampening equipment. And then all of my cats, stuff, well, most of my cat stuff here as well. So it was nice that they won a premiership this year. So I, had, I could get some new, uh, things to to put up behind here but uh yeah the new the new merch i, I know this is blasphemy as a as a hawthorne supporter but i do have to say i do admire the way that you've uh got your room set up there at the moment i'll forgive the team just for a moment but i mean that passion's fantastic it's okay yeah, it's if... it's yeah i'm and as i was telling you i mean I, I i i love all you know i love the game i mean of course i want to see the cats win each week and then i want to watch eight other great games yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. W- I'm with you, especially you know in, in content creation. That's that's all you can ask for. It's it's the I remember Geelong North last year, the hundred and whatever point smacking that it was, and I was just mm-hmm. like, hey, how do you make content out of that? It's just North right. weren't going that well at the moment. The cats dominated, and then you you move on from there. So I'm an admirer of a good game. You know, maybe not as much as my team, but you know, I I can sit and appreciate good games in any sport. Which yeah. I think is important if you're going to be, you know, in the content creation space, because you've got to enjoy the good, the bad, and uh, work your way through the ugly at times. So how how have you? And I, I know there's, I think maybe one other one other NFL podcast out of Australia that I know of, and there may be others that I just haven't figured out yet. But how mm-hmm. how have you done as far as gaining traction with your fellow Australians? And have you have you caught hold of? American listeners who are, you know, it's kind of an inverse of, of my situation who are like, wait a minute, this guy doesn't sound like us, but he's talking about our game. Yeah, well, in terms of, uh, we had a podcast sharing platform really early days where uh, fans could uh, ask us questions. So send questions through on the podcast sharing platform, mm-hmm. um, which was really great. And, you know, we were getting um, California, New York, and it was just blowing us away. I mean, because at the end of the day, we were just three idiots from Melbourne, in at, you know, talking into our laptop uh, cameras, just, you know, shooting the breeze, as it were, about right, right. a game that we love, which just blew us away. So, yeah, in terms of marketing uh, and all those things, we've just... We've just done it for fun. It's yeah. not something that we suspect is going to gain, you know, 10,000 downloads uh, uh, an episode and everyone can get around us. It's, I think, from the people that have told us that they really enjoy um, what we do is just the fact that we treat it as three mates having a chat. And, yeah. you know, we've got a run sheet with topics and all those sorts of things. But I think people can appreciate the fact that it's three mates who... Uh, talk about the game, do their best at predicting things. We take the mickey out of each other, and then there's NFL content in there as well, which I mm-hmm. think having that balance is a really good thing in a way that I think most Australians can get around the NFL because it's quite, you know, American sports media, and I consume quite a bit of it, is quite intense and in your face and and quite, yes, uh, I think, yeah, and I think quite that's quite intimidating maybe for Australians to leap into. So I think if you've got that balance, you know, the best person to tell Australians about other sport would be an Australian. The best probably people to talk about Americans about footy would be a, an American, which is why I think you're doing a fantastic job. I, I do believe that. And, you know, uh, if you can get the outside sources in that can reiterate the message, then hopefully yeah. we can create something great. So so you're basically saying that the the American sports media, that everybody is cane corns? That's... <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, <laughs> is, that, is that it? I mean, because he's he's I think, you know, in, in just in terms of the ones that, that I have listened to, he seems to be the the one that is that that he reminds me an awful lot of the the people in in the American sports media. And I'll be honest with you, I listen to much more of the sports media in your country than I do here anymore, because I mean, I, I, I'm not a hockey fan. I don't follow the NBA. I used to be a baseball fan, but I haven't watched baseball in over three years now. And I, and I watch, I'll watch the Browns and I'll watch the, uh, the Ohio state Buckeyes and the U S Naval Academy's football teams play. But I, you know, I don't, I'm not watching all of the other games because I'm so involved with, with footy. I mean, footy is kind of, is, you know, it's kind of consumed me if you will. So, I mean, I, you know, I love listening to as many different, you know, footy podcasts and viewpoints and such to, to just learn as much as I can about the game. Yeah, I think, well, you, you can say it. Kane is our Colin Cowherd, and that's fine. Um, the the radio station that he works for tried really, really hard to get Colin on the show to have a chat. I think, you know, love or hate Kane and and, and people are very much on uh, both ends of that spectrum. Right, right. Uh, I I enjoy him mm-hmm. because he I think he genuinely believes everything that he says, but he also knows that social media is his friend, and uh, I think he's probably the first uh, Australian football media person that understands that even if uh, people hating him is okay because it'll still get traction, and that's why he's such a a high ticket in terms of media mm-hmm. presence. So. Oh, yeah. I think it's quite clever the way that he does things and, you know, he's able to uh, take the mickey at times and he says the ridiculous, he says the, he says good stuff, but the good stuff doesn't make it to the, the socials because that's not what gets people talking. So that's um, true. That's true. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I love listening to David King because I think he mm. just, he does such a, I think just a great job of explaining things and he's very, he's very level level with it and that sort of thing i i i really enjoy listening to him when i when i get the opportunity to do so well them two together in my opinion if you want genuine footy conversation so we've Mm -hmm. got a lot of uh triple m content and i grew up with with triple m with rush hour and all those which is light-hearted look at sport fantastic great Mm -hmm. i think david king and kane corns are the best pairing on footy radio to talk about footy because even if they're saying the most ridiculous things Mm -hmm. it's still worth listening to and i think that's I think that's key. I, I genuinely believe that every time you're in front of a microphone or you're in front of a camera is you need to be talking about things or raising questions that the people listening can answer. Mm-hmm. And that's what will keep them coming back. So I think they do a magnificent job and it's, it's not necessarily must listen because I can understand everyone that brings up negative points. You know, I'm not saying they're wrong or anything, but for someone who's a, a footy nuffy, whether I agree with them or not, they're excellent to listen to in my opinion. So you know what kind of the reason we're we're looking at you know that that you and I are chatting today is is how can we or you know can we brainstorm ideas and at least you know toss out ideas as to why American NFL fans or American sport fans would probably love Australian football and I won't be so bold as to say the AFL because again that's that's the comp it's not the game um but that's the one that's most prevalent that they're likely to to be seeing um but how do we get them to check it out? And what could the, what could the competition do to help garner an interest? Cause you know, my, my thesis has been that 
if we could figure out how to get 1% of the American population interested in footy, just 1%, mm. that's 10% of Australia. Yep. If we could get 1% of this country going, damn, this is awesome. It could, it could be a, a, an economics windfall to the comp, you know, that can be used for, you know, growing, you know, the, the local game, helping to restore that after having been devastated by COVID doing research for, you know, player health and safety, growing the, you know, adding in another club, you know, you know, the getting the 19th club into Tasmania and then the 20th club, wherever they're going to be putting it. Cause I'm sure once they get 19, they're going to want number 20. And, you know, mm. people are talking about where, where should that one go? Is that, you know, I hear people joking, are they going to put a third one in Perth or they, is it, are they going to get one up in Darwin? You know, and again, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have a very interesting stadium situation. If you're going to have one in Darwin playing during mm. that season, cause Otherwise, you know, you're, people are going to be running around with ice cubes in their shorts. I mean, it's going it's gonna... <laughs> Yeah. Can, can you have a roof on a stadium that could be eight or 80 degrees uh, is a very yeah. good question. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Darwin will be the 20th. I think, well, if the AFL won't do it, fans should, which I think, which is why I'm such a big fan of, uh, of your operation and the way things are going. Um, having games over there would be fantastic. And I think it's, I think it's, on the AFL right now to spread it to the world because even if the world says no, and I don't think the world would say no, especially in America, because you love your athletes to be, let's be honest, genetic freaks. <laughs> let's just call uh, it that's as a safe, that's it, a safe bet. Yeah. 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 I think so. You know, you look, I know he's not American, but there's a reason why, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the most marketable player in the NBA or one of, and you know, Joe Ingalls isn't, and I love Joe Ingles. <laughs> he's an Aussie boy. I love him, but, you know, he's white, 6'4", and just he's just fantastic. He's a great player, but there's a reason why this seven-foot-two bloke who looks like he's chiseled out of stone right. is is the guy. And I think that the AFL are getting more and more of those players in there. I think the skill level is insane, and there has been a spike in the last couple of years of American YouTubers reacting to AFL and going, this is great, this is great which is a fantastic way to do things, but it's got to start at the AFL. I think we need to get games in LA. We've got to get them into New York and Mm -hmm. um, whether they're preseason games, you know, there's not a lot that goes on in February um, at all. There's not a whole lot that goes on early March. You know, there's one preseason game, you know, great. But if we could get Port Adelaide and Gold Coast to China, I mean, surely we'd be able to get two clubs to LA. Excuse me. Give give them the buy the next week and expose this game to an American audience. Surely we you guys suppo- have got stadiums yeah. with 30 or 40,000 people. Well, we were supposed to have back in 2020 when COVID hit, we were, mm. there was supposed to be a game GWS and SNN were supposed to play here yep. yes. in La- in the Los Angeles area for, you know, in a regular, you know, in a regular season game, mm. I think it was the opening round they were supposed to be playing here. Mm. Um, you know, and that just, that didn't come to fruition, you know, and I was going to ask you, do you think there's, do you think we're going to, you know, see an NFL game in, Melbourne or Sydney before we see an AFL game here. Yeah, well, twenty twenty four, the Rams are coming to Sydney. So are they? Yes, I they are. Know, I yep. didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the Rams. So the we've got the London games, we've got the Germany games, and mm-hmm. yeah, LA got Australia, and and Sydney seems to be the point. It's not the home of sport. That would be Melbourne, but sure, Sydney, you can have this one. And uh, I know I'll be heading up there, and and Smithy and Tate will be coming as well. I'll drag them up there if I have to. There you go. <laughs> to go watch it. To go watch an NFL game. So Ro- road yeah. trip, road trip, or a flight? 
Uh, oh, flight. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's only an hour from Melbourne to Sydney. So, uh, whether I think it's four oh, sixteen hours in the car, sounds about right. Insanely <laughs> stupid big country we've got here. Uh, it's just well, it's, it's, sim- it's similar to yeah. us, but yeah, you just you know you you know it's uh, you guys just have lots of areas where you're not going to see very many people for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but on the East coast of Australia, you can drive six hours and still be in the same state. The East coast of America, there's a point where I reckon you could get in the car, drive for six hours and you're two states away. Oh, you it's certainly can. Oh, absolutely. Can you, you go, you start in Maine, you go through New Hampshire, you know, uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, you know, you're, yeah, you're, yes, you can certainly do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's crazy. So yeah, I think we are going to get an NFL game here in Australia first. But I think the AFL, if we're looking at um, expanding to different markets, I mean, America lead the world in, you know, merchandising as in marketing. You know, the soccer probably has better um, actual merchandise numbers, but America's ability to latch onto an idea and create revenue through things like events, you know, uh, AFL yeah. doesn't have collector's cards anymore where you look at rookie cards in the NBA and the NFL, go for Tons of money. So, right, right. Yeah, there, there are definitely markets in which the AFL need to approach America. And I still haven't met an American that isn't absolutely gobsmacked at the game. Whether they think it's good, bad, or whatever it is, all it takes is a little highlight and it's just the questions come flying. So, right. and it's just, yeah, I hope it, we can get back there. And I just hope we can get, you know, and I've seen some of the reaction videos and such, and, and, and those are great, <laughs> but it's, but there's never a follow up. With that, there's never, it's like, wow, look at, you know, he jumped on him. Oh, look at him. I bet that was a concussion. And then it moved, then you move on to the, the next thing you're reacting to. You know, it's, you know, it's like, wow, look at this lizard eating bugs or, or whatever it happens to be they're, they're, they're looking at. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's, you know, I, I, I think we are, we are, you know, and again, there are, you know, there's 50, there's 50 teams in the USAFL that are playing here. And that league's been around for 25 years here in, in the States. You know, wow. so there's there's you know several thousand people here, and they're trying to get it up over five thousand in the next um, year or two. That was a big push that they had. Um, you know, because I know that they they had a big program going called Footy Five Thousand, where they're trying to get like five thousand people playing the game across the country. And and people who were involved in that were saying, well, they had like three thousand people just in the Dallas area who play rugby. Wow. You know, it's you know, yeah. so that that. And I, and I think that that's, you know, one of the, one of the issues is of course, you know, trying to find, you know, a, if you're going to try to play, you know, like the regular game with the 18 on the side on a, you know, in an oval that that's as big as it is, it's, it's hard to find a space that size. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, cause I talked to somebody last night who plays for the the team in, in Los Angeles. And uh, as he said that, you know, you'd think for a, si- a town, the size of Los Angeles, that they have more parks that would have a, a large enough space for us to actually go and be able to sign, you know, to, rent or sign out and reserve and be able to practice and play on there. So, but they have a hard time finding a ground to go play on. Mm. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, I, I just think that it, it's, it's a really well-kept secret and yeah, there's, there've been those reaction things, but it's just, how do we just get the damn door kicked in and just tell people this thing, how wonderful it is. Because, you know, I, I, I talk to more people about footy than I do about anything else, which means I don't talk to my family much because they don't give a damn about footy. <laughs> not, not a one of them. I mean, I try, I tried, my wife became a baseball fan about specific players because she thought, th- thought some of them were cute. 
So I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and use that approach. So I found a couple of, uh, I, I found a couple of um, articles from a few years back where some of the clubs were doing their beach training. And one of them happened to be the day that, that Hawthorne had gone to the beach. And there's, you know, Jager O'Meara training on the beach and his budgie smuggler. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable enough to say that is one hell of a handsome man right there. And so I sent, I, I sent these, these articles to her and I thought, you know, they don't wear much more than this when they're actually playing the game. And well, they do put a shirt on, but the shorts kind of similar did, didn't make a difference for her, but <laughs> Yeah, it's a lost cause. If Jaeger's not, if Jaeger's not converting on I think that's a lost you know, cause. I mean, I mean, it, so. it's it's not like it's not like I was. And again, this is with you know tongue planted firmly in cheek. It's not like I was sending you know, you know, beach training photos of Max gone. You know, <laughs> <laughs> shout out Max here. He's a, he's a really good bloke too. But I'm sure I know I, I know he I know he is, but. It's... <laughs> But if if you were putting together your you know your top ten most handsome AFL players, I'm not sure he's on the list. It might not make the top ten, Max. Yes, I mean I'm 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 thinking Omir is probably there. Brody Grundy's probably there. So we at least got a Melbourne Ruck on there. But uh, you know, you know, I. But you you never know. You never know. I mean, my my beautiful partner's a Richmond girl, but we went and watched uh, Hawthorne train at the local university because the training Mm -hmm. grounds being resurfaced and training finished up. She's always had a bit of a crush on John Newcomb, um, who's a ripping bike. We sponsor him at uh, Talking Hawks, the other alternative media brand I uh-huh. work for. It's Can you tell I hate being bored? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm and, actually going to be talking to them soon. I think we just haven't nailed yeah. out a time yet. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, hopefully it'll be with Matt. He's a star. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're walking to do just a little video on, you know, the key takeaways from training. Mm-hmm. Jai walks past us. He doesn't have a shirt on. And I'm just going to say this as politely as I can. I haven't made her blush like that before. So, you know, <laughs> sometimes you got to take the wins, I believe. And that's, uh, that one wasn't a win for Reese, unfortunately. But <laughs> <laughs> So did you, did you go ahead and, you know, get to the, get to the parking lot or wherever and just strip off your shirt for the drive home then? And I, I did not. No one wants okay. that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, I'm not here. I'm not here to compare myself, but the, yes. the great man Smithy, who I've talked about a couple of times, his magnificent partners, uh, got, got a thing for, uh, Zach Tui, one of your boys. Okay. The, Is it the, the mustache? Irishman, the mustache and the accent. So yeah. I don't. Okay. So just, okay. I, I think. Maybe, you know, if we, if Jaeger's not the go, we might have to go down, you know, the other end of the spectrum, whoever that may be in terms of maybe someone a bit more rugged, mate. Yeah, I, I'm, I get the better half on board. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I won't be doing that for the drive home either, even though I am, even though I am, uh, let's see, 18, 19 months now, there's almost 59 kilos less of me than there was in August of 2021. Oh, wow. So Congratulations. I'm, That's I'm, wor- I'm working at trying to disappear now so I can, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can actually, I can actually fit into this closet just fine now. And, uh, I don't have to let them to leave it to change my mind. So, oh, my you know, sense. it's, you know, we have this, this huge country and we are a sports crazy country. You know, we, we've mm-hmm. embraced watching, you know, we have people getting up at, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday, Sunday mornings to watch European soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're watching the NFL, you know, college football, you know, they're you know, here in the U S during the, the football season. You know, of course the NFL games are typically on, on Sunday here, but Saturday is, is 
college football for the most part. And there are probably 60, 65 college football games televised every Saturday. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's huge. So, I mean, there's, there is a thirst for this type of a competition and, and it's just footy is just such a, it's, it's, I think it's so much more three-dimensional than the NFL, than that gridiron happens to be. So it's just, it's just, yeah, I guess, you know, my, my, my big question then is, is, you know, how, how can we best market it here? How can we convince, you know, the AFL to, to, to plunk down that money? They spent money trying to get club, you know, getting people to watch the game in, in China to have, you know, Port Adelaide and, and Gold Coast there. And it's, uh, and, and I, I'm, I don't know, was that, was that, was that trying to pound, you know, pound the proverbial square peg into the round hole in that situation? Uh, I, I can't answer that question. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at the time, but I think I was 21 when mm-hmm. they went the first time. Uh, no, it would have been 20 the first time I went. So, you know, what does a 20 year old know? Seriously. Yeah. Um, but, it, but even now, you know, I, it still didn't make a whole lot of sense to me now. I don't know what impact that's had. I don't think much, uh, to be perfectly honest, but I think the the approach is, is threefold. I think we need to give, America access to Friday night footy. So I know over there for you guys, that would be Thursday mm-hmm. um, or Friday morning, depending on be Friday on the morning. Time yeah. Zone. yeah. Friday morning. Yeah. So I think that standalone game, because even if you have to start, you know, sort of 30 years back. So 30 years ago in Australia, back when games were starting to be televised, a, a lot of people were only getting one game a weekend, mm-hmm. so a match of the day on the Saturday. If that's where we have to start with America, I mean, we've got to start somewhere. You've got to right. walk before you run. Um, we can't just assume that we're going to sprint into America, take it by storm, and and everything's going to be perfect. So even if we start there, and I'm a big believer that the, the less competition for time, the better to start. So like you say, putting it in the middle of college football, I don't think he's going to get fantastic traction. But, you know, Friday night this week, uh, this year, I think round one is going to be Geelong and Collingwood. Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. America's going to tune in and watch 80,000 people on a Friday morning go absolutely nuts for a game where they hit as hard as they do with no padding. Right, right. And the scoring's going to be higher than what they're used to in the NFL, so it's going to be fun to keep track of and all these things. But the other thing I think as well that's kind of going neglected at the moment is international memberships. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they are offered uh, to international people. Of course, you get um, access to games. How that system works, I'm not 100% sure of, so I won't pretend uh, that I know. But I, I definitely think there's yeah, – I know, I know. you'll be able to fill yeah. me in, which will yep. be great. But I think I think, I think, think more work there is is something that needs to be done because it's a – you know, we're a, in, in essence, we're a big country in the bottom of the world surrounded by not much. Uh, we've got to get that. We've got to get that reach. We really yeah. do. So I think yeah. if we can entice international people to watch the game and get that sense of tribalism that they've got in the NFL, college football, NBA, mm-hmm. NHL, MLB, if we can get that into America, I think once it starts, the snowball will be incredible. It's just, does the AFL want or have the resources to to try and get that going. I hope right. the answer is yes, because yeah. in my very limited experience in exposing Americans to the game, they are dumbfounded on how this is actually a sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, and we actually do, you know, cause I, I've been, I've had my international membership now for 
four years. I mean, I bought the Watch AFL app as a standalone for two years before I bought, before I became an international member because I didn't realize that, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I hadn't figured that out yet, and I didn't realize that if you became an international member, you actually got the Watch AFL app as part of that, and it's actually cheaper to become an international me- member of your club. Mm-hmm. Of course, the, you know the first year I had, I it wasn't really until 2017, about halfway through the season that I that I settled. I don't want to say settled on that I chose. Uh, to become a cat supporter. I mean, so I watched for about a year and a half before I decided on that this is the club I wanted to support. I mean, I'd, I'd narrowed it down to two clubs before I made my ultimate decision. It was it was Geelong and Brisbane were the two that I'd narrowed it down to. It's um, a good start. That's given what's going to happen in the next couple of years. Well, of course, you've got your premiership and, and Brisbane probably had, you know, with Geelong, the best off-season of all time. I mean, you did well to narrow it down yeah, to those two. Yeah, it was... It was I, my thinking was that I, I was, you know, I thought, you know, I wanted to support a club that was kind of in a, not necessarily in a small town, but that was maybe away from the big hub that was of where, you know, where the nine clubs were in the major metropolitan areas kind of, and, and then it, you know, when I learned, you know, I really figured out, you know, that, that Ford was one of, one of their big sponsors, you know, I had between, you know, between like a half dozen family members on my dad's side of the family, there's like almost 200 years of working at Ford. So Oh, I wow. just, that was yeah. kind of, that was kind of the thing that kind of really pushed me into that. Plus, you know, one player that pushed me into the camp and it's, you know, it's again, you know, as you said, you, people wouldn't come up with how your name came about, you know, it's a, you know, I, Nikaya Cockatoo was the player that pushed me into becoming a cat supporter. Now he's with Brisbane. Brisbane, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you know, we, we all, we get, once they actually get around to, to remembering, Oh yeah, we need to, we need to sign the contract with the, 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 Fox Sports in America this year because we didn't get any games until round six or seven this last year on like regular like what would you like be a K or like satellite television that sort of thing because yep. there's two channels Fox Sports one and Fox Sports two usually will carry about five games each weekend and then the other four will be on a, like another pay service called Fox Soccer Plus so they'll have all the games here they don't advertise it at all. There's it's there's nothing that says, hey, this great game is on. There's nothing that comes on at, you know, eight o'clock in the evening here that says Geelong and Collingwood are going to be playing, you know, tomorrow morning at, at 6 a.m. or at 5.50 a.m., whatever the time happens to be, you know, set your DVR, set your, you know, your television recorder to record the game because maybe you'll be up to watch it. I know damn well I will be, but, uh, but you know, I don't think you can expect, you know, the, the, the novice person watching the game to, to roll out of bed at, at four o'clock in the morning for a four thirty first bounce. They're, they're not going to do that. They're going to, they're going to look at you and think that you're on drugs. Yeah. But once you fall in love with the game, it's, it's the same thing kind of that you have to deal with watching the NFL. Yes. Yeah. Because you, you know, cause you're, um, let me think if it's one o'clock, you're getting about you know, one o'clock start kickoffs here is probably about f- the East coast games, like five o'clock in the morning there for you. Uh, yeah. So we actually got, we get three different times uh, given the time of the year because we got mm-hmm. daylight savings and all those good, okay. old, complicated things that the scientists tell us. So, for the first nine weeks of the year, it's three a.m. for okay. the earlier games on Monday morning for mm-hmm. us, and then we get about a month of four a.m. and then the rest of the season's five. Okay. And okay. Uh, yeah, so every every second week, probably I was waking up this year, especially if the Dolphins were on, mm-hmm. and Smithy and Trav, who uh, we call Teed, they they're up every week. They've got Game Pass. They're your they're your full on nuffies. 
um, they generally are, which is why I let them do most of the analysis, and you know I'm there to uh, keep them on point and take the take the Mickey a little bit, and then chime in with my two cents when I can. So yeah, I'm with you. It is going to be. Uh, with the early wake-up times, you are going to have to get the Nuffies involved. But I know the AFL don't have the money, but jeez, ah, a Super Bowl ad. I mean, wouldn't that yeah, just... Oh, yeah, would be... Yes, it would be... Wouldn't that just be the that perfect would be marketing an absolute, tool if they had the coin? That would be an absolute dream. And I don't even know who's ke- who's covering the... Uh, I don't know which network here is doing the... Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's at Fox or is it... Uh, oh, Fox is doing it. It's the same, you know, same company. It's, uh, you know... Fox Sports. I mean, this is the Fox like television network, which is like uh, like one of the major ones that has like all the TV dramas and that sort of thing. It's the one that normally carries the game, so it's not a sports specific channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's it's a, it's a you know Fox Sports is kind of a a cousin to it. I mean, they're kind of under the same umbrella. Uh, yeah. So it's just it's and you, you're right. That would be extraordinarily expensive to put a put an ad <laughs> on there, but. But even having the ads on Fox Sports One and Two when they're showing other programming to promote their own programs on their own channels, just I have I have never ever seen them, not once. It doesn't it they don't exist, and I think I think that they're doing themselves a a, a disservice. And I think they're you know if the AFL is going to sign the contract with them, they ought to say you know what. Take a few seconds, you know, put a commercial or two on, talk about the games that are there. And and the, the pipe dream, while the commercial would be great, the pipe dream to me would be doing a like a weekly highlight show or a review show on like yeah. a Wednesday evening at like, you know, eight o'clock in the evening, our time, where they talk about the games that had happened the week before, show some highlights, do a couple of interviews, maybe, you know, have a a uh, you know, a five minute segment where you look at, you know, the the strategy of the game, you know. Get the can get to me that the way you can do that is get the you know get the camera that's above the post so you can see the entire oval, mm. and you can show the strategy in terms of how you know t- people are flooding to different parts of the ground and that type of thing and just I think if we're if we're shown the game in that fashion if people were to tune into that sort of thing I th- I think it would really they would they would grasp onto it because yeah, they, well like we, I said, we've got the two hosts right here mate if they want to send me over to the u.s i'll, oh, yeah. I'll jump in the studio with you why not i i well i mean you know even you know even doing it from you know from wherever i mean i i'll i'll i wore i i wore a shirt and tie to school quite a bit i could have kept my tie on today you know, <laughs> i mean it was about a, it's about it was one of my uncle's ties it was probably a 50 year old tie that i wore today but it was you know it's i'd throw that thing back on again i have no problem doing that but it's you're right it is just uh I don't want to say it's a missed opportunity, but it's, it's this, I think could just be an absolute windfall for the, yeah. for the, you know, it's, it's, it's almost one of those things where, you know, it, it kind of takes money to make money, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think that they, they might actually make it here if they were to do it. Yeah. Cause we did have one, so. when 2020 rolled around and the AFL was the only game being played in the world mm-hmm. for a while. I mean, you know, um, Eddie McGuire had a, a a radio program here on satellite radio called uh, Aussie Rules Aussie Aussie Football Rules America. Okay. And he was doing like a weekly discussion about the game, and then they were doing one they were doing one game where I believe they were doing the which radio network is he more closely associated with? Is it SEN or is Tri- it uh, Triple, Triple M? M? Okay, so they were doing the Triple M uh like rebroadcast of, of like the game of the week on there but it was again it's okay. the radio yep. it's the radio 
but they only did that for that one season when the game when the games weren't on here when there were nothing being played here yeah so once everything came back you know all the the american sports are like quit talking about that dumb game in australia because uh we're the ones paying your salaries here we're, we're the ones giving you billions of dollars you know you're know, getting billions of dollars in advertising and stuff from you so talk about our stuff and, mm-hmm. and i i think that's what happened with uh you know pat mcafee who you know but I'm still blocked by him on Twitter. I have no idea how it happened, but I did manage to get blocked by him. Um, but, you know, I, and maybe I, 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 now that I think about it, you know, he was, he was really, you know, pimping footy quite a bit when it was the only game in town. And then once the game started back up here, he dropped it like a hot potato yeah. because I think that the, you know, the, the leagues got in his ear and said, yeah, you may love that game, but that's not the one that's making your money for you. So stop <laughs> talking about, talk about our stuff, you know, and it's, yeah. which was, which was a darn shame. Yeah, I think so. But you you brought up an interesting point um, just before about the the show, the media, how you could look at it. If we can divert from NFL for a second, I think if you could bring an AFL style of the NBA halftime shows that are around. So here on KO, so we get ESPN's broadcast of uh, of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Of course, not every game, a game or two uh, a day sometimes, some days uh, no games or whatever. But in the uh, halftime show, Effectively, from what I've seen, especially this season, um, I tend to watch a lot of um, Celtics games. I'm a Boston fan for free on some uh, gambling sites, which have them for free. So there's a free hack for anyone there in Australia who doesn't want to pay the 200 bucks for uh, for League Pass. But um, <laughs> what, what I find so interesting is they'll look at the trends of the game mm-hmm. in a halftime show. So we're only looking at 10 minutes here. They're looking at the trends of the game, a particular player, things like their shot maps. They've got the massive screen, kind of like your poster behind you, um, or the premiership poster there behind you there where they can watch dissect and still at the end of the day, have their predictions, reactions and all these right, sorts of right. things. I think the NBA halftime show would be a segue into doing you know, 40 minutes a week. I don't think a show, say, like on the couch here in Australia would work in America. No, I don't think so yet. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure if, if, you know, four guys sitting on a couch and going, we think this, we think that, we think this, we think that, interview or play, I don't think that would go down well. But again, there's a reason why, you know, the herd, undisputed, first things first, these shows do so well is because it's uh, people first, sports second, insanity third yeah and that's the order that that get mixed up which i think the af i don't think we have the the journalists or the media performers here that can go and do that which is why i believe that the step in the door is fans so one of the best things that i think the nba do is they have effectively home court commentators Mm-hmm. So, and I, I'm a mass. I've pushed for this uh, over my channel. We need that in the AFL, and I think that's how you can get uh, the US market on board. So, you know, pick, I'll pick a team neither of us are involved in. Right, we'll say Carlton. I, I think if Americans want to get around, say the Carlton Football Club, I think it's going to be better for them if they do sit down and watch a game to have the game commentated by Carlton fans than it would be. Australian commentators, because I think being as subjective as possible is great. The more you love the game, mm-hmm. but I think riding that wave of passion with guys that have emotional investment in the game would do the world of good. It's why watch alongs and live streams on YouTube do really well here in Australia, because I think fans want passion and we see it in the NFL. We see it in the NBA and we don't see it enough in my opinion, in the AFL on say a Friday night game, 
because the emotional investment there is they just want a good game rather than a particular team, which is why a lot of our commentators who are supposed to be subjective do find themselves being criticised if the game is, say, a 46-point blowout in the last quarter, wanting the other team to come back Mm -hmm. because they're wanting a better game rather than, you know, if Carlton are up, well, Carlton had it twice last year against Hawthorne and Port, so we'll use the Hawthorne game because why not? I'll put myself through that again. <laughs> Two Carlton commentators who know what they're doing, that's got to be first and foremost, mm-hmm. enjoying the wave of being up by 46 points at quarter time and then having the dread in their voice as Hawthorne began to come back. And yep. then we had that thrust forward. I think Gun- uh, Jack Gunston... Uh, still hurts that he left, but that's not important. Um, went forward. <laughs> Jacob Wiedering took that mark. The ecstasy there and riding that wave to the siren, I think is how we could get an American audience on board rather than have pick two, any two commentators that you want uh, that get excited about moments, but maybe not particular players or teams to make people fall in love with the game because that's not okay. their job. Well, which... You know, I... I... And I, I I love the idea of what you're saying there, but you know because because there's also I think a lot of the commentators that are covering the game yes a lot of them are you know they are they are they wear their hearts on their sleeve in a lot of in a lot of instances there, um, but I I do like how a number of them do try to explain things I mean like even halftime during like the 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 Fox games where they'll go into the uh back into the studio and such and they'll 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 break down some video up on the on the board there as well so i mean i i appreciate that as somebody who still is you know i've not mastered the game i'm not going to pretend that i know everything about the game i'm I'm not going to be that naive or that bold to say that because because i don't i'm still certainly learning about the game and uh and i i agree with you that having somebody that 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 can kind of explain the nuts and bolts and maybe you know weave in the stories and the tradition of, of of a certain club while it's going on, but still you know call a good game. I think that's a that's a great idea to, to do it that way. Um, but you know, and can again, you imagine I, two, can you imagine getting two Collingwood supporters last year in that round twenty three game against Carlton? Like, can you imagine them going off when Jamie Elliott blatantly ignores Jack Inovan on the inside, kicks the goal himself? They're up in arms. Carlton missed the finals by a point. You want Americans to fall in love with the Pies, have two Pies fans go off their absolute nut at how great that was. Yes. Might get a bit complicated towards finals because, you know, finals are finals. Um, Even in the NBA finals, they try to keep it as subjective as possible. I fully understand that. But if we want to bring tribalism that America is so good at when it comes to their sports, I think that's the way you've got to do it because it's not like... America can pick their city. It's it's not like, you know, you, you, a lot of Browns fans would be from Cleveland, a lot of Dolphins mm-hmm. fans would be from Florida, yada, yada, yada. It's not like they can turn around and go, well, which team do we go for? Oh, we're not from Australia. We don't know much about Australia. They might know Melbourne and Sydney, and mm-hmm. that's only 12 teams that you can pick, or 11 teams, 12 teams right. that you can pick from. Right. And that ostracizes the league. But if you do tune in and get some marketing there and you do see, even if it's, Adelaide Frio, right, which might be in Australia, would not get the coverage, especially here in Victoria. Right, that right. round one, that round one game last year, Adelaide Frio, which was a cracker. When Heath Chapman knocks that ball back in and saves the draw, they win by a point. You can't tell me that Americans wouldn't look at that and go, "What a game! What, uh, what a call by these fans that are up and about." Mm-hmm. Of course, next week I want to see if the Dockers can do that again. Yeah, you know, let's I mean- go, and then bam, they're hooked. They're in. 
This is this is a fantastic point. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I was doing this is to try to get people to think about you know outside of the box. I think this this I think you're really onto something there, and it's uh, you know if they had like an, an an alternative call for the game, you know you know let let the the people who are calling the game in Australia for the Australian audience call the game for the Australian audience, but coming up with somebody that maybe would would encourage engagement with the clubs i think that's a good thing because we look at it when collingwood played richmond i think it might have been 2016 someone will crucify me for getting the date wrong but i'm confident then we had press read for ed which was eddie mcguire as you're talking about with tony shaw and a bunch of collingwood guys and the reason why that didn't take off in australia is there were still media performers being biased which is not really the way that uh, i'm approaching this you know do we want Anthony Hudson doing Geelong games. Do we want James Brayshaw doing North Melbourne games? I would argue, no, they're still the media performance. Let them be uh-huh. media performance. If it's up to the fans to bring the game, let the fans bring the game. So if it is up to us, then let's do it that way. I truly believe that you're not going to get addicted to a new sport. I grew up with footy. I was kind of forced into it. Mum was Collingwood. Dad's Hawthorne. It was, you know, one of those. Mum tried converting me. Mum and dad had a bet one night on which team would win I would barrack for. Thank God the Hawks won that game because I've seen more success than my mum has um, <laughs> during during our lifetime. So shout out to uh, my old man for getting that done for me. But if you're going to get addicted to a new sport, I found this with the NFL. It wasn't until I found the team and uh-huh. found some emotional investment did the addiction begin to grow. And I think that's the way to do it. I really do. And that's then a, the asshole a, needs a That's a great point. I I I just I I I want to high five you there, but it's my arm's <laughs> not quite long enough, so I'm just gonna pretend that I am there. So you know, somebody that I let me toss this name out here and see if you think this is somebody who I think could you know, who's recently retired from their craft. Maybe this person could even be the spearhead of this. And I'm just gonna what do you think about Daisy Pierce heading up the broadcasting of AFL games, like the AFL game of the week here in Australia? Because I love her work as the, as the boundary writer because she does a great job of explaining things. And I think once she gets the opportunity to spend more time up in the box actually calling games, I, 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 I can't wait to see that because I think she's phenomenal at what she does. And yeah, I think... I, it, I... I, w- I would love to know if that's all she wants to do. She's working with the Cats yeah, uh, yeah. men's team this year, which will be great. And uh, she does a, a an extremely good job. I think she's informative. I think she does really well to keep up with uh, some of the blokes that she works with. And that's no shade to them. But she's in an environment which has been, you know, notoriously a boys club for mm-hmm. so long. If she wants to be a caller, then I think that would be fantastic. My instincts say that I don't think that she would, but what the hell do I know? I've never asked her. Not a bad name at all. I genuinely think that um, she is fantastic at what she does. Um, I think that she would do a fantastic job as a part of the commentary team. Now, would Mm -hmm. that be the special comments that she does now? Because I think she's one of the best in the business. Absolutely. I have no idea whether she'd want to take that further, but... I mean, we could be at a uh, at a spot here. She could be a senior assistant coach at a footy yeah. club. 
you know, That's could she true. be the first female head coach of an AFL club? Definitely. So she might be overqualified for this <laughs> that, job, actually, and, good, prob- good point. and probably good point. Mo- probably move on to bigger and better things. Yeah, that's, yeah so it's, it's not like you know why, why do you why do you want to uh, why do you want to cut the rungs off the bottom of my ladder that I'm climbing here and make me step back down <laughs> yeah. to that? Yeah, so okay, so but you know, I just think, I think she'd be good at it. But it's you know, you're right. I think she you she might just be overqualified for that. That's that's yeah. So yeah, so. If you were, if you, if they put you in charge and you know, you've tossed out some great ideas here or there, you know, is there anything that we could do here in the U S do you think to try to encourage the AFL to, to, uh, spend a little, you know, not necessarily spend more money on us, but, you know, be a little bit more persistent with the, the media at our end to try to promote their game. It's a great question. Um, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I mean, social media is a, a beautiful way of um, imparting this messaging. I have no idea of international memberships. I know us at um, Talking Hawks are doing what we can and trying to implement some programs into getting more Hawthorne international memberships. America is definitely the country that we're looking at first, along with the UK, uh, and seeing what we can do in that space. But I, my instincts tell me that it's got to be. Uh, going to the AFL with a plan rather than asking the AFL with a plan uh, to come up with a plan themselves. Mm-hmm. I I think that's I think going to get results quicker and more efficiently. And I think the manpower behind that is going to have to be vast because it's going to have to take something pretty special, I think, to to blow them away. And hopefully that Essendon GWS plan was not a a one and done wrecked by COVID because again I think give them a chance and, and they'll fall in love. I really do. It's a, a fantastic game. And I think one that is extremely addictive to watch, to consume. And again, if it's driven by emotional fans, then um, Americans will jump on board. You're, you're a passionate and a friendly bunch. And I love that about your country. And I hope I can visit it one day. Well, I, I, I reciprocate that. I mean, I'm hoping to get, get over to, to Australia as well. Um, so, before we wrap up here, uh, you know, tell you know, tell us where we can find all of the different things that you're involved with in terms of your different programs. I know you're you're with you know the Talking Hawks and you're doing the NFL podcast and the and your footy pot your footy YouTube channel as well. Tell us about where to find those and where can we find you on social media and that type of thing. Yeah, so the uh, YouTube channel uh, does talks footy. Um, you can just go there, subscribe. It's not um, blocked in any countries. There was a little bit of a kerfuffle about some sports content across. No, no, no. It's all good so far. So uh, trying to hit um, a thousand subscribers there before round one. Recently hit uh, eight hundred and actually dropped a video today on whether uh, Collingwood are contenders or pretenders in twenty twenty three. So that'll hopefully. Uh, go well so you can catch me there also on YouTube and on your favorite podcast platform you can find Talking Hawks so that is talking all things about uh, Hawthorne the most successful club in terms of premierships since 1960 so hey if you're looking to jump on and the Hawks we might not be going too well at the moment but the rebuild under Sam Mitchell is going to be epic so if you want to jump on board you can do that (laughs) so we've got a YouTube channel all over the socials so Twitter Facebook Instagram Talking Hawks that's us um, we just love the Hawks. We're a fan passionate group that drives quality footy conversations. So we've got videos where we do fan live streams, player interviews, uh, and a lot of draft content. 
uh, on our YouTube and for our podcast, we take 15 to 20 minutes just to talk about some topics that, you know, probably aren't worthy of a 45 minute hour long um, fan live stream. So we do that there and uh, NFL Down Under on your favorite podcasting platform um, as well. Apple, Google, Spotify, a couple of others as well. I think Podbean as well, Podcorn um, have got us as well. So that's Smitty, Teed and I, we go through you know, the games, our thoughts, we take the mickey a bit. We got some mm-hmm. uh, segments where I quiz the boys, test their knowledge, which is quite good. Um, Smithy takes on Colin Cowherd in his betting segment every week and actually lost this year. So we haven't figured out a punishment for the great man yet. If anyone knows something that we could do, please. So so you guys have actually been engaging with Colin Cowherd where he's... Oh, no, we just take him on. Oh, yeah, I don't oh think okay, he knows okay. Exist, which is unfortunate. Okay. Uh, I hope he does, which would be good. That'd be quite good on his show great. because... Uh, to give us a shout out. So yeah, I'm sort of, I've got my, uh, I've got a lot of eggs in a lot of baskets at the moment, but you know, this media dream of mine has been for a while and uh, I, I chase some others in terms of hospitality and I've got an education job at the moment right now, which I love, don't get me wrong, but the, uh, yeah, the, the media dream is real and who knows, maybe I can bring the Hawks to America, which would be quite cool under yeah. our completely biased commentary because it's something I want to bring to Talking Hawks as well. If I think if we can bring, and I hate to do this to a Geelong fan, but if we could sit down, two or three of us, and commentate the 2008 Grand Final as biased as we can, I think that's something fans would really, really <laughs> enjoy. So that was actually the basis of sort of this conversation here about the biased commentary. But um, yeah, I'll stop rambling now. So I'm looking, I'm looking up at the... I'm looking up at the premiership posters right above my head, and there's the 2007 one and the 2009 one. But you're right, the 2008 one does not exist up there. Uh, <laughs> no, we, uh, yeah. we got the chocolates over you that yes. day. And for 10-year-old me, my goodness, that was exciting. So, yeah, Talking Hawks YouTube podcast, NFL Down Under podcast, and Daz Talks Footy on YouTube. Or if you want to find me on Twitter where I talk sport, a whole lot of nonsense um, stories from the town that I live in because it's 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 a rough one and I love it. I love the people. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Knight 8 I have no idea what the 8 stands for. Twitter just gave me it and I ran with it. So because that's there's, me. Because there's seven other Reese Knights ahead of you then. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm 8th in yeah. line, hoping to work my way up in the, in the years to come. Well, or are you possibly related to Henry the 8th? I mean, given his history, I hope not. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Um, you don't have any kids yet, do you? No, no, 24. Okay. Still okay. 24. So just, uh, yeah, building the empire first. And okay. my beautiful part, if I can plug my beautiful partner's business as well. So if you hey, listen to this. Absolutely. If you're listening to this uh, in Victoria, Melbourne, wherever you may be in this beautiful state of ours, and you need a sweet treat for any occasion, custom cakes, cookies, cupcakes, you can tell that I'm a I'm a big boy for that reason. I am trying to get the weight off, but uh, geez, she keeps sucking me back in with these desserts. Uh, you can find Sammy Sweets on Facebook and Instagram as well. She does a fantastic job. We can deliver on site, whether it's for a wedding, birthday, or just to cheer up a friend, you can find her there, and she does a magnificent job in our home registered kitchen. Fantastic. Well, Reese, I appreciate you taking time out of your Saturday afternoon, sir. This was a lot of fun. I love the idea about the the impassioned supporters doing the games. I think we'd have to I think that the league would have to figure out how to make that work. And maybe yeah, and I don't know, would they would they maybe do them as a replay and have them maybe air at a you know, like at at in what would be prime time here? I mean, I that don't know if they, if they, if they could, yeah, because we, what we get here on those channels far too often is we get, 
10-year-old Texas Hold'em poker tournaments. Mm. Or, you know, the, the best of the best of UFC knockouts number 47. You know, let's, you know, it's it's just, you know, it's they're not very, you know, uh inventive when it comes to filling their airtime with there aren't live games on for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think replaying the game. I think, yeah, finding that time would be excellent because this I think America is ready to take on a sport that is just uh, to quote my great friend Melissa, who lives in Idaho, completely batshit, if I'm allowed to say that on the pod. That's what she calls okay. it. And it's just, it's a perfect summation. It is. It's great. It's fantastic. Pick a team, enjoy the ride. And uh, yeah, it works a lot like any other sports. We've got the draft, free agency. It doesn't work any differently in the off season. It's just mm-hmm. when they cross that white line, uh, prepare for chaos. Yes. And, it, and, and the off season is unique because that's the only trade period that there is. I mean, mm-hmm. there is, you know, for those, you know, for those of us following sports here in the U S there's always that mid season trade period, which I know gets, de- gets debated and discussed in the AFL. And there's some people who are purists to think no way we should never do it. And there are others that are saying, why not allow a club to, you know, to accelerate their rebuild? You know, if you've got, you know, and I'm going to use this as an example here before we go, you know, the last couple of years, if he would have wanted to do it, you know, a, a Todd Goldstein, you know, if a club was was seeking a ruck and and a club was willing to say, you know what, we think a ruck of his caliber could put us through the finals. So yeah. we'd be we'd be willing to give up maybe a second and third round pick to your club to have him for the last 12 games of this season because he'd help us through the finals. Now, yeah. It, yeah. And again, I, I know there's a lot of. A lot of things that would need to be worked through as far as that goes, because the the clubs are the relationship between the the fans and the clubs and the clubs and the players is in footy is significantly different than clubs sports here. It's, you know, I I think you'd have to guarantee things like housing and school placement. If you're going to do that kind of trade period, Um, especially in Australia, just because the season is, it's such a, delicately strange mm-hmm. fixture that we've got. So you think the NBA 82 games, you're thinking that's uh, crazy, but you know, it's over in a matter of, you know, a similar time frame than, than the footy. Whereas, you know, you've got your, your, your six day build up to a, to a game. Um, so that's six days a week that you're away. So plenty of stipulations to get through, but I love the idea. The fact yeah. that I look at a St. Kilda, you know, if Jade Gresham, I don't know why he's the player that comes to mind, but I'll go with it. If he starts this year like a house on fire and say there's a contender that really, really needs that high half forward, you know, the Saints would take a first-round pick for Jay Gresham any day of the week. If someone wanted to do that mid-year, awesome. If they get to round 14 for the Saints and he gets injured, they probably have to keep him as a free agent. So I'm all for it, mm-hmm. personally. That's a great point. That's a great point. Well, Reese, man, you have a great afternoon, sir. All the best to your, all the best to your wife and, and, and her, her baking business. I... I will, you know, I will look at pictures on the Facebook page. I won't be trying any of them because uh, I haven't had cookies or cake in a while. And uh, while I may miss them, I, I like being able to see my toes. Uh, yeah, I'll lock it. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you eventually come down to Melbourne, mate, you'll have to spoil yourself. We'll we'll bring you something. I, I first first thing I have to do though is I have to I have to have a meat pie. Yeah, I have to fair. do that first. I mean, I I've. Yeah. I have, and I, I love, I love telling people this, you know, since I, since I first tried Vegemite in June of 2021, I have gone through 17 jars. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely Just love stop it. Stop eating them. Dear America, stop eating Vegemite by the spoonful. You lit- It's literally like a quarter of a teaspoon on some buttered no, toast. That's the I perfect amount. I don't. Oh, I don't eat it by the spoonful, but I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't even use the butter anymore. I just. I just use just straight Vegemite. Well, wow. okay. Yes. I like yes. It. So I mean, I have, I have my reserve jars up here. I've got three and re- three in reserve up here, and I've got one that's open. And uh, I had I had somebody send me the squeezy kind that I haven't tried yet. I haven't opened that one up yet. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I've got I I've got uh, like fifteen empty jars in a little box that I'm keeping. I'm just going to make a pyramid out of them. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe Vegem, you know, I, and I'm, I'm following them on Twitter and anytime Vegemite post anything on Twitter, I always respond because if they, if they want an American ambassador for it, I am their guy. Okay. I am I it. it. I am it. Um, I would proudly be their ambassador and I would work for cheap. <laughs> I, I would work, I would work for an ad or two on the, on the podcast and I would, I would work for, you know, Two jars a month would be would be sufficient for me. I would. I, Come I, on, Vegemite. That's just good business. You can't get any cheaper than that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get cheaper than that. Well, hey man, have a great afternoon. Okay, I don't want to keep you any longer. You know, you, yeah. Oh, no I, worries at all. It's been absolutely a pleasure to talk to you. This has been a great deal of fun, man. No, my pleasure was mine. Thank you very much. Cheers. All right, Reese. Hey, thanks so very much, man, for taking time to sit down and chat with me. I do appreciate your insight. Uh, and helping to, to encourage my fellow Yanks to check out uh, the AFL. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to get some traction with these things and, uh, and actually draw in uh, a bit of a crowd. And I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. So I appreciate all the help that you're giving. Now, I do want to uh, share before I wrap up here, and I've not done this as of yet, but the, uh, the games that are being played here on television in the United States coming up in the first three rounds are posted uh, on the afana.com website. And I think I'll have that one linked in my show notes. It's afana.com. It's the Australian Football Association of North America. And they do a fantastic job keeping people up to speed with the game here in the U.S. Uh, But then they also do a lot of work behind the scenes tracking down um, television schedules and that type of thing to let us know when the games are going to be played. But there are going to be three games on during round one in uh, the first round of footy coming up here, and the first one being on the uh, the 17th of March. And uh, these three games are all going to be on FS2. And, of course, if you're, you're listening to this, you know, you should know if you haven't figured it out already that, you know, Kyrie was wrong and we don't necessarily live on a flat planet. Um, so... Australia is many, many time zones ahead of us. Of course, we have our clocks being set forward here in the United States soon. But next Friday morning on FS2, beginning at 4.30, the Geelong Cats, the reigning premiers, are facing off against Collingwood. And that's a Geelong home game, but they're playing that at uh, Collingwood's uh, stadium, the MCG. It seats more people. If you become a fan of this as an American, that's one of those things you'll have to wrap your head around. Sometimes the... Uh, teams that play in smaller grounds get to play their home games at the other team's uh, stadium. It happens. It works. They make it work. Not a real big deal anymore. Then also then on, and again, this is all from the Afana.com website, on Saturday, the 18th of March at 4 a.m., the Melbourne Demons and the Western Bulldogs are going to be playing. And then on Sunday, the 19th at midnight, so Saturday night into Sunday, 
the Hawthorne Hawks and the Essendon Bombers are going to be facing off. And the Hawks are a club that some people are tipping or predicting are going to finish towards the bottom of the standings or the ladder this year. Um, but they are an up-and-coming side. They've got some really good young talent. Uh, Essendon is a club that is a bit of an enigma. They've got a lot of talent, but sometimes they can't always get the uh, all of the horses in front of the buggy lined up to pull in the same direction. If they do, they've got a very talented side. So if you're interested in checking out those games and you're here in the U.S., I strongly encourage you to set your DVR and listen to, you know, and look at them the following morning. Now, because you're not likely to be staying up overnight to watch a game that you're not familiar with. But if you get up and you sit down with your coffee on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning or a Saturday evening, whatever the case may be, you might find that you actually love this game because it is, it is dynamic. It's uh, one of the fastest games out there. The endurance, the just athleticism with the, the players is, is something that, that not many people get to see. But again, there are going, going to also be five games in round two and three games in round three that will all be live. And uh, those are on FS1 and FS2. In fact, most of them are on FS2 with the exception of one game that's going to be on FS1. Uh, there's one round two game on FS1, but the rest will all be on FS2. So if you set your DVR on FS2, you're probably going to catch the games there. And, uh, you know, I, if you follow the podcast, you know, we do talk about when those games are going to be broadcast during the preview episodes here. Um, if you are an NFL fan who has an interest in checking out this game and you want to talk about it and you want to learn about it, please reach out to me. Head over to my website at yankonthefooty.com and uh, register as a guest. Drop me a note uh, by email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com or you can leave me a message over on my website as well. You can find me on all my socials. You can click on the website and scroll down all the way to the bottom. There'll be my picture down there in the bottom. There are links to all of my socials at Yank underscore on for Twitter, a Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook, a Yank on the Footy on Instagram. You can find my name, Craig Wessels, on LinkedIn as well as on Facebook as well if you want to find me there. Um, I do hope you'll reach out. If you like the show, if you've been listening for a while, or even if you're new, I do hope you'll consider heading over to my website and leaving a review. It's a huge help to, to give the uh, the podcast a little bit of credibility if people are you know sharing their true feelings about the show. I'd greatly appreciate that. It would be awesome. Uh, also, if you want to get on the mailing list so when new episodes are released, they'll be in your inbox about 45 seconds after they come out. Uh, and if you want to also help out the show financially and keep it up and running and keep the lights on because it's uh, it, it does take some resources to keep this thing humming along here. And again, I'm a, I'm a one man band doing this all by myself, uh, all my editing and all my website work and that type of thing. So, um, if you want to help out the podcast, you certainly can do that. You can click on that, buy me a coffee button, the little, the little yellow button, in the bottom left-hand corner of my website, or you can, uh, you know, check out my store page on Redbubble and pick up a sticker or a t-shirt if you want to do that. Uh, so, if you've got an idea for a great guest, please reach out to me. I always am looking for guests um, and you know, love talking to people who are involved with the different clubs and unique stories and things of that nature. But before we go, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check up on your friends. Let them know how you're doing. If you need to talk to somebody, reach out to somebody. Don't, you know, 
don't think that you can or that you have to deal with whatever issues you may have all by yourself. There are people to talk to. Your friends will talk to you as well and uh, let them know you're okay. I have in my classroom several hundred quotations hanging up on the walls, and uh, amongst those is one that's up in the front, right in the center, that looks unlike any of the other ones, and it's an Oscar Wilde quote. And it's one that I, you know, I have high school students, mainly 16, 17-year-olds. And the, the, the quotation from Oscar Wilde says, true friends stab you in the front. You know, if, if you have something you need to talk to somebody about, your, your dear friends will be there for you. They absolutely will be there for you. So don't hesitate to reach out. I also have the numbers for things like Beyond Blue in the show notes as well. So you can check those out there as well. Ladies and gentlemen, check out check out each other check on each other that sort of thing uh if you're new i close out the episodes the same way every single time and this is where i'm going to do that ladies and gentlemen may your dribble kick never hit the post i will catch you later This has been episode 244 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me at ayankonthefooty at gmail.com or at my website, ayankonthefooty.com, at yank underscore on on Twitter, A Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook, A Yank on the Footy on Instagram. Those used to be the same, but uh, my Facebook page disappeared about a year ago, so I had to change up the uh, podcast name on Facebook. I appreciate you listening. I do hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. And uh, we're talking about two fantastic games here, Gridiron and the AFL. And there can be a wonderful symbiotic relationship. Until next time, everybody, goodbye.